This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 22. You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hertzberger. Today, I'm interviewing Glenn Clark. That's Glenn with two N's and Clark with no E at the end there. Glenn Clark. You can find him at glennclarkradio.com. Glenn is a sportscaster, has been since his college days, and he actually has a really interesting perspective on his job as a sportscaster and his time in the industry. Uh, He is one of those people that has been able to make a living as a sportscaster while, quite frankly, not particularly caring that much about sports. He makes a really interesting point about how, you know, sports as in team sports is something that we will generally find our love for when we're little kids, but that has a tendency to fade a bit over time. But what Glenn did, and this is, I think, the most important part of the interview for you as the listeners to listen to, to get some action items from, is that Glenn has found a way to extract the things that he loves about his profession, what it is that he does for a living, from sports casting. It's not the sports casting or the play-by-play that is the thing that he loves most about it. He also does some writing for Pressbox here in the Baltimore area, and uh, his writing is great. His broadcasting is great. He is hilarious. I really think I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Um, Glenn really gives a lot of really great advice about how the his favorite thing, which is the human interest stories, the storytelling, the kind of the background behind the players and the coaches that he follows as a sportscaster and as a writer, those are the parts of the job that are amazing. And frankly, that's something that I think everybody needs to hear, which is in the culture today, everybody is sort of obsessed with like, follow your passion, follow your love. And we tend to write off anything that's not 100% of what we want sometimes. And therefore we end up hating everything else that doesn't exactly fit the bill. Glenn's done a really great job at finding that which he loves within under the umbrella of something that he doesn't necessarily love all that much. And I think that that's a particularly helpful skill in today's world. I really got a lot out of it myself and I really had a lot of fun with it because again, Glenn's hilarious. So he's one, he's really, really fun to talk to. He's really great, obviously on the right. He's like on the show as an interview subject because you know, it's what he does for a living. So that was, that's always helpful for me as a host. So We had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Without further ado, I give you Glenn Clark. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Glenn, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jason. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Um, So the guests of the show heard a little bit about your background in the introduction to the show, yeah. sort of how you found your way to press box and what, what you're doing now out both within and outside of that world. 
But um, you obviously know yourself a little bit more than I know you. You know, be, being you know, we've met probably you know seven or eight times yeah. total, just because our families know each other. But if you could just kind of give the audience a little bit more of a background about you, how you got into sports commentating, play by play, sure, writing about writing about sports, etc. And we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes. <laughs> the biggest issue for me, Jason, is I didn't have any other appreciable skills. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know. <laughs> Anything else that I was going to be able to do, I, I often sometimes think about getting out of this business, and I say to myself, like, well, I can't cook. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go do that. I definitely don't know enough to be able to do people's taxes. I'm pretty <laughs> stuck in the field that I'm in. Uh, I, I was I was a lost soul. I was uh, directionless. Um, knew that I wanted to try to be an entertainer in some way. Okay. Didn't know how to go about doing that because, again, the skill factor was <laughs> one that really just jumped out at me. But I got an opportunity. I was uh, in college at the University of Maryland, and I was working in with their sports information team, and I was doing some basketball games. Okay. And basically, when do you, when do you say doing basketball games? Okay. Commentating? So, or? No, 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 no. This is way below that. Okay. <laughs> um, I was in college and mopping the, the floor. Essentially, yeah. yes. Yeah. I would sit over with uh, reporters. There's a section for reporters. Yep. And I would sit over there with the other people on the sports information team. And I would literally just be looking for things during the course of a game that would make an interesting note. Okay. Because what we do is we then compile notes. So at the end of the game, we would print it out and give it to all these reporters so they can include it in their stories. Got it. So they but, have something to write about. Right. That something that might be notice. they hadn't noticed or they, they yeah. would be interested in something along those lines. So myself and um, a, a more senior member of the team, we would sit there and we'd watch things. We'd be looking for like, was there a 20 to 0 run at some point during the game? And then... We would have to go consult the book and see, hey, what's the longest run that Maryland's had this season? Got it. This okay. player scored this number many points in a game. Has he ever scored fourteen points in a game before? Those types of things Got were the it. things that we were looking for. You're cre- creating creating p- points of fact. Right. So this that, is when print was still. This is you know what year would this be? Oh four, oh five, somewhere in that range. Gotcha. When print was still the dominant form of media, right? Sure. So we were trying to get the newspapers of which they were, I don't know, covering Maryland at the time. They're in two markets, Baltimore and Washington. Mm-hmm. And then all the smaller papers, you know, in Annapolis, places like that. Sure. There were probably, you know, 10 to 12 newspapers that were covering every game. So our job was to try to find more information for these newspaper reporters. Yep. So from there, uh, CBS radio in Baltimore became the rights holder for university of Maryland broadcasts. Okay. And my boss was asked, hey, is there someone down there that would want to be like our Maryland reporter, our Maryland guru? And he knew that I was kind of a nerd, uh, a big nerd. I was a huge, huge nerd. No, and, I mean, And this was when you were at you were at. I was a student, yep. Okay. And so he said, hey, would you have any interest in being on the radio? And it, you might have as well as asked me, hey, would you like these 99 virgins to be lined up for you right now? <laughs> You know, like I, the idea of being on the radio was like, yes, uh, sure. yeah, I'd love to yeah. be on the radio. Um, and from there, I got a foot in the door, and it was I, I you couldn't get rid of me. I was, <laughs> I, this is all I wanted now. Like now, I sure. had direction. Now I knew what I wanted to do with my career. Um, so I, you couldn't get rid of me, and I got in the door at CBS, and then I started doing some sports stuff, and then. I was uh, working for the legendary WHFS, uh, 991, the yep. radio station, 
I um, remember HFS, yeah. I was doing overnight weekend shifts from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., talking up White Stripes records. It was the greatest job. I would have yeah. I mean, I was, I was 20, 21, you know. Sure, like I was, yeah, it was, fun. oh, my God, are you kidding me? It was the greatest thing I could have sure, ever asked for. Ha- you're in heaven. You're and there. so from there, it was no turning back. I mean, it was this HF is, festival. Coming yeah, HF I got festival. to introduce bands at the HF festival, oh, right? God, like, I was incredible. hanging yeah. out backstage uh, <laughs> with, like, Cypress Hill and doing illicit drugs and things like that. Like, um. <laughs> Um, allegedly, um, <laughs> it was just, it was so great. And this is what I'd always dreamed of. And this is like, Oh, the, I, now I know what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I just needed kind of a kick in the nuts in order to get there. Sure. Um, and I, and I got that. And so it was, it was what I wanted and I've just never looked back. Um, cool. took me across the country, brought me back here, mm-hmm. um, has taken me, you know, it, different radio stations now i'm sort of doing this non-traditional thing mm-hmm. i do very little radio okay. actual radio anymore like i still work with the maryland news network okay and so i provide sports content for for stations throughout the state that okay. are part of this news network okay um but i do more non-traditional media with press box and okay. and the um the live stream that we do and then I do a lot of play-by-play. I got into play-by-play as as necessity, frankly, a few years ago when uh, the radio station that I was working for went under. Okay. Fired the entire staff. Which sadly hap- which sadly is happening. It's, that's radio, you know yeah, what I mean? That's radio, like sure. that's radio. I don't begrudge anybody. That's radio. That's yep. the way that it works. I, I if you're working for a radio station with less than a hundred billion dollars in annual revenue, odds are you're, you're out probably of gonna get fired, yes. Yeah, yeah be prepared, right? Yeah, like be prepared. I have your you're resume be gone in the next ten years. Yeah. And the first job offer that I got, like the day that I got fired, was from a buddy of mine who's the sports information director at Loyola here in Baltimore. And he said, uh, heard you got fired, feel really bad for you. Now I need you over here next Saturday to call a soccer match. And I said, dude, I love you and I really appreciate you reaching out. I've never called soccer before. <laughs> Calling college soccer. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, as yeah. as I hadn't done play-by-play since I was in college. Okay. Like it had been that long since and that, I had done. And that was how long, by the way? From, so, okay. from when you were in college So it was nearly a decade. It was nearly a decade from when I had done play-by-play in college. This is 2014 when the radio station went under. Got it. And um, he said, yeah, that's all well and good, but you're a professional and, and I like you and you're going to come over and do this. And he said, and also, I need somebody. Yeah. So like, I need somebody if, and you right. need a job. If so you don't do it, if you here, don't yeah. do it, I have to do it. I don't want to do it. So now you're going to do it. And I'll live with the fact that you've never called soccer before. I'll give you a little bit of a curve. And I started doing play by play and I fell in love. Like it was the same way that it was for me when I discovered radio the first time. Okay. Where I was like, oh my God, I forgot how great this is. How fun this is. Yeah. Right. Like, and how much it really is an art form. And so I've uh, I've really dived in, and I've done uh, DC United play by play, and I've done um, just called the Patriot League Soccer Championships last weekend. And Patriot uh, League, that's Towson. Uh, that's the CAA. Uh, Patriot League is Loyola, Navy, Army, Lehigh, Bucknell, Lafayette, okay. Boston University, Holy Cross, Colgate. Yeah. It's sort of all American yeah. University. My wife went to Bucknell. Oh, how about yeah. that? That's super random. I was uh, Bucknell played Maryland last night. I was at the game. That's funny. Um, okay. But they nearly beat him too. It was very awkward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Maryland was down sixteen at one point. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Um, <laughs> so I've I've had a really and I I do bas- college basketball for XM. Um, and I've just fallen in love. I've fallen in love mm-hmm. doing play-by-play all over again. It's really given me a new spirit mm-hmm. uh, to what I do uh, for a career because I, you know you get you do the same thing for a while. You, you get a little burnt out. You need something new you need and some fresh. Sort of change, yeah. So um, it's led me to this point where I work like every day, and and I I enjoy it's work, but I I don't 
you know, it beats working for a living, right? Sure. Like somebody like, you, you, get to, you get to sit around and talk about sports all day. Yeah, it's not taxidermy. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> I don't have to stuff a dead animal. So yeah. I'm like, ah, today's all right. Yeah. So what, 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 is it, what is it about play-by-play that was different for you than, say, writing about it or for commentating yeah. on the radio? Because you said, you know, when you were commentating about it on the radio, that was really interesting and that was fun. It, what was different about play-by-play? Um, play-by-play, here's the best way I can describe it. There's one place to turn for play-by-play. You really are – I don't want to overblow this, but it's very voice of God, right? Like sure. what you're saying is what's happening. Yeah. It's, there's nothing yep. – when you do what I do otherwise, when I'm doing my show with Pressbox or when I'm on the radio somewhere, the content that you're getting from me, you could get from 100 different people. Sure. 100 people um, are writing about what happened at the Maryland game. Last correct. Year. Yeah. I try to be interesting. I try to have fun. I try to f- find a new way to present it, things along those lines. But the truth is you can get it from any number of sources. Sure. I, you just choose to get it from me for whatever reason because sure. I guess I'm so handsome. Um, <laughs> but but when you do play-by-play, it is very authoritative. Okay. It is very – this is what's going on. You're yep. getting it from me, yep. and I'm the place where you can get it from. Got it. So there's like, not an alternative here. So, like, if you're wa- if you're watching, if people are watching ESPN and something interesting happens at the game that you happen to be calling, yeah, like it's not the it's not the old Kenny Mains and the guys that were so, ESPN call- telling you what was happening. They stop talking and they play the on-site play-by-play correct. guy. So correct. So you get broadcasted to and I've, the, an that, audience of a couple hundred million people That's still neat. Globe. That's yeah. still neat when something like that. So um, uh, yeah, SportsCenter does like their top plays, right? Yep. And when they include a play from a game that I did mm-hmm. and, you know, you'll hear your voice on ESPN, and they'll, yeah. they'll throw to the... Like that's that's the idea. The idea is that you're supposed to catch the gravity of the moment in sure. your call, and that's what makes it an art form. Sure. And not to say that writing isn't an art form, or that that there aren't no. other things, but there really is an art form to can you truly paint the picture mm-hmm. of the moment and give it its justice, mm-hmm. um, and not oversell things that aren't as important. Can sure. you truly paint the picture of? Here's a game, and within the game, there are peaks and valleys. There are interesting moments. There are moments that aren't so interesting. Can you do that? I just caught a hockey game the other night that was horrendously boring. It was one of the worst <laughs> games I ever. I mean, like, I, I I'm yawning at, at like points, and that's very difficult because you're trying to broaden. Like, oh god. Um, so I, I find that to be an art. I really do find it to be an art yeah, of absolutely. of really being able to describe what's great, what's, and then trying to find unique, fun ways uh, to incorporate. Um, interesting things into your call and yeah. telling stories during the course of the broadcast. I love that. Yeah. So I don't know. I've just, I've just really, I've really genuinely fallen in love again doing play by play. It's, it's just, it's something unique and different. And I think you tend to find that people in our business who get into play by play rarely ever say, well, I prefer doing talk show to play-by-play. Mm. I think the people that get into our business that do play-by-play tend to say, this is what I love. This doing. is my thing. Yeah. Got it. Now, you said one of the things that you said that that kind of grabbed me was how you like to sort of input stories into yeah. while you're doing play-by-play. Like, what kind of stories are you talking about? Like, the, if, you're, if you're watching a game. You know, so, so here's a yeah. nerdy one, right? Um, last weekend, I said I did the Patriot League Soccer Championships. Yep. Uh, the, the championship game was between Colgate and Holy Cross. Okay. Um, 
the day so this was a very unexpected so the toothpaste company and the, correct they, correct okay. I, absolutely right and then the catholic church that yep. was exactly <laughs> it was the entire i was surprised they let millions of people play on the field at the it same was like time tra- but trans transnational transnational product conglomerate versus the catholic church per- perfect okay i yeah. mean they both have a lot of money true uh, okay <laughs> can get a lot of players so so Colgate and Holy Cross. So um, this was the sixth seed in the tournament versus the five seed in the tournament. It was a very unexpected wow. championship that's game, right, right? That's like multiple upsets. So that in and of itself is a good story. That's interesting. Right? Sure. Like that's interesting. How yeah. do these teams get here? Colgate had to win their last three games of the year just to get into the tournament. Having the one seed versus the six seed, that's you know, that's rare. There's, that's right. rare, but you, is, you get that. It's a flip. Correct. Yeah. Correct. This is this is this crazy yeah, scenario. A cop, a cop and state, a cop and state. Win. Game story. And Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is cool, right? So you start with that. Then um, there's these other, like the the, uh, the goalie for Colgate, senior goalie had been had a great career, led them to the NCAA tournament the year before. He got hurt with five games left in the season. Oh. So they've got to turn to a kid that's never played before. Wow. With their backs against the wall, needing to win every game in order to get into the tournament, and they do, right? Wow. And he's playing really well. And so I'm fascinated between the semifinals and the final about like. What's going on in this kid's head? Who is this kid? You know, yeah, like what's what, this kid's? Story? How is yeah. he handling this? Yeah, and no, I, no pressure. And so I just asked. <laughs> yeah, right. I asked one of the the folks at Colgate. I said, "Hey, so can you tell me a little bit about what you guys were doing yesterday, and specifically, Jacob Harris? Could you tell me a little bit about you know him? Like, how's this is crazy? You know, yeah, what how's been, this kid not cracking under pressure? And, yeah. And and um, one of the folks of their team they started laughing. Actually, she said. Um, you're not going to believe what he was doing yesterday. So we, we came over here to the stadium for oh, training gosh. in the morning. And then um, we had we had some meetings and they had some free time. We let him go downtown into the harbor and see Baltimore for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he had just bought records. He had gone to a record store and bought a bunch of vinyls. And I said, this kid isn't feeling any of this. Like, <laughs> that's a great. And then I wanted to know, hey, what vinyls did he buy? She's like, well, he bought Dark Side of the Moon. And he bought, and she told me a couple other ones. And I'm like, this kid has no, there's just, yeah, it's like, he is so wired a different way. It's yeah. very clear. Like, it's like, the, this kid, this kid is going to be the greatest professional goalie that ever lived. Right. Or he's going to be a serial killer. Maybe, like, you know, right? He's just wired. He doesn't feel it. It's not there, right? Wow, like, none of this is getting to him. That's incredible. He's just okay. out hanging out in Baltimore, going around buying old, you know, vintage <laughs> rock and roll vinyls. <laughs> like, he's clearly just wired a different way than other people are. Wow, that's really and cool. so that's something that I think needs to be shared. Like, when I'm trying to explain to people watching the game. So these games were on uh, TV, and so we have a national audience for these games, right? Sure. And I'm like, I, I need you to understand, because I'm trying to explain to you, this kid has played six games, mm-hmm. all must win, <laughs> and they've won them. And he's what he's in what year? He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. He's never played before. So he's 19, right, 20. Right. Yeah, 19, 20. I need to explain to you that it makes more sense to me that this kid has handled all of this when I learned about how he spent his day yesterday preparing for the Patriot League championship game, the right to go to the NCAA tournament, all of these things, he spent his day out buying vinyls. He spent his day thinking about classic rock and roll. That's what he was into. So the that's how he the deals moment with, yeah. did not daunt him. He didn't lock himself in to get himself you know, hyped up. He didn't need to go through. He was just out having fun in Baltimore, goofing around, buying vinyls. See, and that I think 
is a really great story to tell. Yeah. And, you know, they go on to win. He plays another great game. He, he, he pitches a shutout. They don't allow a goal. Colgate wins the championship. I think that's a great story um, that that a listening, a viewing audience can can get more context for what it is they're watching. I love that type of thing. Now, what what I what I would find interesting, just as a podcaster, like looking looking into a kid like that. Clearly, if you're if you're born with that ability, if you're born with that ability to be able to manage stress, yeah, in a way like that, that in and of itself is amazing enough. But from a storyteller perspective, who has no particular loyalty to sport, as right. it might say, right. like speaking for myself. I want to know what the hell that kid went through. Like, yeah, how do you at get nineteen years right. old, at nineteen years old? You've got hormones raging. You're, yep. you're like you're a lunatic. You're a lunatic. Walking you're, boner. You're a, yes. you're a walk. You're a walking boner. You're a, you're a chimp. Yep. Like you're, it's like you're you're a walking pissed off chimp mm-hmm. all the time. Being able to manage. I could probably listen to Limp Biscuit at some point <laughs> when I was nineteen years old. I don't like admitting that, but I probably did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I want I want to know what prepared that that kid to be able to manage stress like that like that that's him at 19 see now what this, the hell happened right. what the hell happened to him at 10 so you're 12, going 15? next level you're going see, next level to that's this. what i thought fi- that's and what th- i find and this incredible. is where i think that my mediums can can meet each other that's so i think for broadcast there's a base level to the story because i can't Sure. I gotta I gotta call the game. You can't you know talk I mean? you like, can't talk about his grandma but I, or his whatever. But, but this is yeah. what I think is fascinating. I think when you hear that as a writer, mm-hmm. then it becomes now I wanna be the one to tell that story. Yeah, I wanna be that kid. So so the yeah. vinyl part is great, right? Like sure. great. But now I need to know more about how did this kid get to this point? Because now sure. as a writer, I wanna be fascinated by it. I wanna tell that part of the story. I wanna give more of a background as to how this kid Got yeah. to this point where Hell biggest yeah. game of his life the night before he's goofing around, you know, li- listening to Dark Side of the Moon, right? Like <laughs> trying to sync it up to the Wizard of Oz or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think he did that, but you get the point. Um, that to me is where I think my mediums can meet because I think that there's a place for all of them. Um, I think there's a place for every level of storytelling within play by play. There's some base level storytelling, right? Sure. There's some base. Let me tell the story quickly and then get back into the game. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell the story a little bit. Now I've got to get back to here's what's happening on the field. Yeah, and anybody, anybody that's watched a live sporting event knows exactly what you're talking about. Correct. Like the, the, the commentator will be telling something about is like, Between Hey, plays. it's, like, it's yeah. like, Hey, the coach who's like the coach last off season said that he, that he, and then he, they have to pause because something just happened. Correct. And then they come back to the story or not depending yes. on what just happened. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, but familiar. I think that the next medium, the, the you know, the, the show that I do, writing, mm-hmm. writing a column, writing a feature story mm-hmm. is where I think those things are interesting. Then mm-hmm. you, you dive into, you know, I heard this thing or something really simple. Like, um, so I, I, I was watching the Ravens at the beginning of the season and I noticed that uh, one of their safeties, Eric Weddle, mm-hmm. had always played uh, barehanded. He had never worn gloves. And, he, and, a, and as a safety. As a safety, wow. right? Okay. And this year he wore gloves. And I noticed that, like, he started wearing gloves in the first couple games. He had a couple of interceptions. Now, he hasn't followed that up. He's actually struggled since that point. But I was like, well, that's really interesting, what happened? Why right? The cha- why the change? Why that? Yeah. So I said – As superstitious I'm, as sports as, – right? as athletes pretend right? to be. It's like, the, it's like they wear the same T-shirt and the same jockstrap for seven years in a row. Correct. You know? Correct. <laughs> like, well, and that's once he like, – yeah. and so I said, I'm going to go over. I'm going to write about 
this dude not yeah. which like in and of itself a guy not wearing gloves doesn't sound like a very interesting story no. but like the when ch- you have the background of this guy never wore gloves literally never he prided himself i went and searched and like he would tweet about the pride that he had in not wearing gloves mm-hmm. and sort of being like a you know, hardcore old school type of dude right mm-hmm. and i'm like i want to know what it is that led to him saying why the change this year i'm going to put on gloves right yeah. and so i went over and we chatted about it and you know, he downplayed it a little bit, but he gave me some background. He's like, look, guys were always giving me crap. Like, I'd drop an interception. <laughs> They'd say, it's you know, if you, if you just wore gloves, you catch that. And I'd say, hey, did you see last season when I had seven interceptions? Without gloves. And I wasn't wearing gloves. Like, I got accustomed to playing without gloves. It was better for me to catch the football. Yeah. But, you know, the equipment guy said, do you want to just give them a try one day and see how they feel? And I put them on and... You know, they they felt pretty good, and I said, maybe I'll give it a shot, and, like, I had a good practice, and I was wearing them, and now it became a new superstition, which was now... And, like, <laughs> now and, I can't take them and off. And that, <laughs> that made for an interesting story, right? Sure, it made yeah. for an interesting story about... Pattern interrupt. Yeah, correct. Just what happened... Yeah. So, the you know, on the broadcast, I saw guys not wearing... Or guys started wearing gloves. Then I said, for my job, for my level of storytelling, let me go out there and tell the story of why it is this guy um, mm. decided all of a sudden that he was going to start wearing gloves. Which, again, in and of itself, there's not all that fascinating about... Sure. It's like a football a, player, one of 11. Correct. It's like, like if the one, headline one of was, 11 guys that football are out player wears gloves, you'd say, well, I bet there's something else interesting in this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But if I can get something interesting about why he started yeah. wearing gloves... Yeah. Then there's something there. Yeah, backstory. Backstory to me is interesting. It's like, and th- there's not to, there, especially in in here. I am being a podcaster, sitting here being about to be critical of today's media. Right. But right. yeah, which is you know, like you I, son I, of a. <laughs> it is like irony dripping from the ceiling in here. But, right. I mean the but uh, in, can I tell you that's my favorite thing in the world? By the way, what's that? when like a like a like a right wing media type will mm. criticize the mainstream media. And I'm like, dude, you're on Fox News. You're, you're on broadcast media. Like, do you and understand like, that's on, the mainstream media? It's like you're like, on broadcast news. <laughs> I, I know, I know. We all think they're a little out there, but like, you're watched by you however know, many millions, millions of people. people. Yeah, you're the mainstream media. You dog. are the main, yeah. like, like what? Somebody on uh, locally in Baltimore, we have a, a conservative WBAL radio is a conservative, and there's a guy on in the afternoon, and I think it's like, I think it's comedy. Like, I think he's doing it tongue in cheek. Sure, where he'll like go on and talk about. The mainstream media. And I'm like, dude, you're on the biggest blowtorch station in this city. <laughs> in this state, yeah. You're given three hours or whatever every day to spew your nonsense on a blowtorch 50,000-watt station <laughs> that can be picked up literally like as far away as New York. <laughs> and you're telling me about the mainstream media? Yeah. Like, yeah. what? That's funny. Is yeah, it, that, I, that is funny. I have to, yeah. Agree, disagree, however I feel about you. That you're that's insane. Yeah, like, the, and and it's so fu- it's so funny how ter- how terms like that got, have got have lo- have gotten thrown around lately to the point where if if you, you we we live in a 140 character world. Right. You know, so I I to me that has a lot to do with a lot of the social disconnect that most of us have with each other in this country right now. At least that's my opinion. So when you can't sit down and have an articulate conversation for an hour with someone that disagrees with you on something, whether it's somebody that, you know, whether we're talking the Jets and the Sharks, right. you know, whether we're talking, right. you know. Cap- and I do regularly. Yeah. Whatever, at a, at exactly. Sharks conversation. You know, right. It's like whether whether it's conversations about that or whether it's conversations about politics or whether it's conversations about, you know, religion or like all the wonderful things that people love to t- right. say to never talk about but that we love to talk about. 
when you are you trying when, to prepare me for Thanksgiving? By the way, is that what you're trying to prepare <laughs> me for right now? Like, but what's what when in in an, in a in a society where we're not allowed to sit down and have extended conversations about this, we start to blur the definitions of terms. Well, that's yeah, you know, that's exactly what the, we're like the like the the nice the nice guy the nice guy who mows his lawn who raises his kids that happens to be that happens to be not a particular fan of. A social welfare, you know, social welfare systems. Oh well, he's a Nazi. Right. He's not a Nazi. Right. He's Jim. Right. Jim's the guy that lives next door. That's not a Nazi. The people marching through the street with tiki torches in Charlottesville, yes, Virginia. Those are Nazis. Those yes, are Nazis. Correct. Call them like, Nazis. Call, yeah. those a, call them Nazis. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Those are Nazis. Yeah. That guy over there, that's Jim. Right. The guy, the guy that mowed your mom's lawn when she had her hip surgery. Right. He's not. Right. Not, you know. Like, yeah, and, I've tried my best. And that. To, yeah, it's yeah. funny you say that because I, I tried my best to live in. Mainstream like, media is another example. Of oh that. my it's god! Like, what oh my is god! That? Mainstream media, like. What is mainstream media? It's, if, it's you like, mean it's mainstream if it has a liberal bias? Is yeah, that is it, what mainstream is? is? That what because mainstream I know what mainstream or? is. It's what's most available. Most available. Yeah, and exactly. I know as a fact that you're most available, even though you don't appear to have a liberal bias. Which right? is now, which is funny, and which is funny because you talk about what's most available. One of my favorite podcasts is is the Joe Rogan Experience. Sure, I'm a diehard fan of Joe Rogan. He's a be- it's the best podcast I've fairly ever libertarian. Enjoyed. Yeah, fairly libertarian. But this man gets 11 million downloads Correct. per month of his show. Yeah, that's a mainstream. More than mo- yeah, yeah, that's a mainstream show. Yeah. but it's a podcast. But he's not corporate owned. But he gets 11 million downloads. Correct. But he's all, all this back and forth. He's like, is he technically mainstream yes, media now? He is. Based on he is. Then we got and that's you know, it's the, interesting. It's, it's interesting. the non traditional tra- traditional thing. It's so if if you are heard by that many people, and I I think there's you know there's ways that you can explain how you're different. Yeah. But you can't try to pretend like you're not mainstream. Yeah, like if like, you're if you're a if you're a YouTuber that gets fifty million downloads yeah. per video that you're putting yeah. out, like Pody you know, yeah, PewDiePie, PewDiePie or whatever, like that's mainstream. Yeah, like, like we we need to we need it's to, non-traditional. It's non-traditional, but it is absolutely mainstream. Correct. Like I appreciate I appreciate the point that you made about the difference uh, the differential in terms between traditional versus non-traditional right. as compared to mainstream. There's not nothing mainstream. wrong with saying I don't answer to this this and this. There's, you can explain that in yeah. many ways. You can explain I'm not owned by. NBC. I don't have to. I know, have no corporate overlords correct. or whatever. You can it might say be. whatever you sure. want to say. But if you're getting that many, you're mainstream, dude. You're that's mainstream. what you yeah. are, yeah. and that's fine. Your goal, frankly, if you're going to do this for a living, should probably be to be mainstream because yeah, you're going to be most hope. successful that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, God, I wish I could become mainstream. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, hey, I mean, my, my my dream for the Small Moves Podcast is to be able to have an audience correct. that's at that size. Otherwise, correct. you know, yeah, yes, this is fun for me, and yes, it gives me an opportunity to have conversations that I wouldn't otherwise have. Like, but one of the one of the neat things that I have to tell you about being a podcaster is like this conversation we're having right now. You and I are friends. Our family are friends. Right. It would be weird for me to sit you down at Thanksgiving yeah. and yeah. ask you and kind of grill you about your career choices. Yeah. But I'm allowed to do that in, in this setting. It gives me permission to have conversations that I wouldn't otherwise have. That's neat. That's fun. I love that aspect of being a podcaster. But like I would love to be able to spread the, like spread the message of this podcast enough to be able to become a quote unquote mainstream source of information. Sure, that would be amazing. Right. Yeah, will it ever happen? Who the hell knows? Audience, if you're listening, please help me. Share, right. Share, please. 
But yeah, I mean, the, I I like I I hadn't thought about using that terminology. I might actually start using that from like using traditional versus not traditional, and not saying mainstream, not mainstream. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, diff- it's not the same. Again, thing. Again, look, there's there's plenty of ways of describing who you are. And by the way, there's way more non-traditional. There is traditional at way this more. point, right? Way more. Like, like how, it, how many ra- how many radio or how many TV stations are like we all we all joke about. Like no nobody gets like the Comcast over the Verizon cable packages anymore. It's right. Like, it's like sign up for this and get five hundred and fifty free stations. Oh my God, who could watch that many TV stations? That's insane. Whereas you go on iTunes and there's billions, how, however many yes. millions of podcasts Correct. like mine of on there. Correct. There's a lot. There's a lot more voices. There's a lot more noise. I mean, there's the weird part is so somebody's actually doing a podcast about your podcast about my podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, like I, I, I saw, I saw a list of, I saw a list recently of the top most downloaded podcasts that are out there, and one of them, for example, is the Gilmore Boys. Right. Which it's a bunch right. of guys talking that are about fans of the Gilmore, the Gilmore Girls, Girls right. sitting around talking about the Gilmore. I was Girls. a guest They're on like. A- that's all they talk about. Yeah. Wait a second. That's all they talk about. I was a guest yes, on a Master they... Chef Junior podcast once. Oh, that's funny. Because I am I, I my wife and I are obsessed with Master Chef Junior. Okay. Not Master Chef. Don't care for it whatsoever. Oh, that's funny. Just okay. Master Chef Junior. I find that show so amazing. It's like those the kids are most ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. And what makes it great is that it takes away the thing that I don't like. I don't care for Gordon Ramsay. Doesn't do anything for me. Sure. But he's not Gordon Ramsay on Master Chef Junior. No, he's because not. they're kids. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, so he can't he, do the. Idiot sandwich bit, you know what I mean? Like you can't do all of those things, which, by the way, is the greatest meme on the internet. Like let's all let's all agree to that. Yeah. Um, but he can't do that stuff because they're kids. Yeah. So the show's not about Gordon Ramsay yeah. and how it's about these kids. It's about the kids. Yeah. It completely neutralizes him to where he's just a, a host. He's just a presenter. Yeah. On the show. Yeah. The he's, show is, he's there to draw the audience. Correct. He, like he's the, the show man itself to draw the is about these kids, and oh my god, they can do things that I don't even know existed. I know. There's I, a nine-year-old like, brûlée cremes. You know, like yeah. I don't. The half they're like, out there with their blow torches. Yeah, it's like, you know a, I mean? like, 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 was I allowed? Was no! I was I allowed in the same room as a blow torch? I didn't know how to make macaroni when I was that age. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would f it up all the time. Um, and so it's just watching. That's all you get to do is watch these amazing kids yeah. make food. So I'm obsessed. And my wife and I are obsessed. It's like one of the few things we don't agree on much. Like we don't have much viewing that we can watch together. Sure. Um, that's one of that's the one. very few that we have yeah. is master. So I will be like tweeting about Master Chef Junior. And this podcast found me because I guess they're looking for people tweeting about MasterChef Junior. Sure, yeah. And so this podcast found me and invited me to come on and talk about MasterChef Junior. That's so and so funny. I was on the uh, After Chef, I think it was what it was called, After After Chef Junior podcast, That's talking so about MasterChef Junior. And it's I mean, it, and it's wonderful because from from a copyright perspective, like they're we're not making money. They're not. It's nobody's not a copyright. Coming, nobody's it's not a copyright you. because they're at, like at this we're point, fans. We're talking really, about at the this show. point. Yeah. It's just benefiting. It's just good publicity for the show. Yeah. It's just you know. Nobody's going to fight about it right now because yeah. it's not – it would be an idiotic – why would you sue your own fans? Fine. Exactly. You it's like suing I mean? your like, own fans for we- for wearing – yeah, yeah. For, for writing the name of your fa- your favorite player Correct. on your binder when you Correct. go to high school. Look, there's, there's yeah. some level I'm sure. There's, I'm sure there's some story that exists out there. Of somebody like, suing somebody. And this, sure. this happens in sports with like a website. Um, there was, there's a website locally called OriolesHangout.com. Okay. And they started no partnership, no affiliation with the Orioles, and the Orioles kind of gave them the dude. You can't, you know, you you can't be OriolesHangout.com. Got it. 
And it's an intellectual property thing, right? Sure. Like we got to deal with that. And I'm I understand that to some yeah. extent, but at the same time, it's just like, dude, really, you're gonna fight with your fans? You're gonna you're gonna sue your fans, right? For... And I don't even think they were gonna get to that point. They just, well, you they, know, like, they might have. Yeah, I mean, but like, was, like, if, like if, they, I think they if, sent a cease and desist. Yeah, you know so I mean? that's like, that's step one. That. In the, yeah. Um, but typically for podcasts, I think the, like particularly TV shows have understood that'd be different. Like if it was a multi if. What you're the name you're taking is the name of a show, not of a a corporation. Sure, you know what I mean. Like I I think it would be different if you were like twenty. If if the name of your podcast was Twenty First Century Fox and you spelled it F A F O C K S, yeah, (laughs) then the corporation might be more inclined to say, "Hey, there's an intellectual property issue here. We got to deal with. Sure, Um, we got to figure how we can go about doing that because we can't have anybody thinking that you're associated with us." Yeah, like if like the Fox, like if you're gonna have like the Fox News sucks podcast, something like like they might say, yeah, they might be more inclined. I understand. I understand. We agree with you. We agree. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, so, like, t- talk a little bit more about the storytelling aspect of it because it sa- it sounds like it sounds like from our conversation here and what we were talking about before the show went went live was that your interest in your interest in what it is that you're doing. Yeah, seems to be not necessarily the actual sport itself. Yeah, but in the act of what you're doing, like more like yeah, so the, the, whether it be the being on the radio, the storytelling aspect of the right. radio, or the backstory of that goalie that you talked about that was just incredible, or maybe not incredible. Who knows? But let's go find out. So, like, what so is- it's it's so funny bringing that because I just had this thing blow up in my face last week. So, um, oh, I, let's get into that. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I really enjoy I really enjoy the I like storytelling. Lighting, I like lighting things on fire. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be pissed about this. I'll tell the, give me let me give me the background here. Okay. Um so yeah, I don't care as much anymore about what happened in the game. How a team won or lost. Mm-hmm. There's some level of that, I guess in football cuz there's fewer games that like there can be interest in that. But for the most part, I'm I'm not really in love with sports anymore okay it's something you do as a kid as a kid you're in love with sports sure you grow up you have kids you're in love with your kids sure you know what i mean yeah. like you're, you're like, in you're, love with your kids who you, are in love with sports right yeah. you know about this yep. um like i i loved i've taken my son now to a maryland basketball game we took him to an orioles game we took him to a Towson football game, and then we brought him down to do a tour of the Ravens Stadium. Mm. Um, and he got like his own locker and all this. And we oh, that's fun! Like, yeah. and he's two and a half, but yet he's into it. Like mm. he he can tell you who the Orioles are. He loves watching them run. He just always be like running. They're running. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. he's into it. Um, but I I'm out of that part of my life. You mm. know, as most people are when they get to a certain age. Like sure. you just. You know, there's still the there are people that never grow up, right? That they're always be fanboys. Sure, I'm just sort of out of that. Look, I still want, and that's okay. Yeah, sure. I still want the teams that I grew up rooting for to win. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I still prefer them to win. It's tougher because I know them, and some people I know aren't good guys. And yeah, some people. Like, then it's like I don't really want that guy to win. Yeah, it's like, like I, it's like I make it's like it's like audience understand. I'm making this up. It's like it's like it's like I was like I want the Orioles to ri- to win, but. God, that second baseman's a prick. And, and like, by the way, he's not. Yes, and he's Donovan not. Scott's and, a great guy. And he's but no, absolutely yeah, but I, it's not. It's exactly what you're talking yeah, about. It's, it's, it's exactly. Like, I want him to win. There are other yeah. people within the organization that you have to deal with, and you're like, oh, these guys are very frustrating. And yeah. like, here they are. They, you know, like, anyway. Um, 
I love the storytelling aspect of it, though, right? I really do enjoy trying to find stories that no one's told before. Okay. Um, a year ago, I found a fascinating story about a Ravens cornerback um, who was on Twitter talking about um, his uh, his child was about to be born. Mm-hmm. And I, I deduced through reading through his tweets that his partner his is the mother of his child. And I, don't, I think they maybe ended up getting married. I don't remember now. Um, was this woman who was a former British gym, Olympics gymnastic, Olympic gymnast, Olympic gymnast is the yes. term that I'm looking for. Say that three times. Yeah, right. Three more times. British okay. Olympic gymnast. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is interesting. How did Will Davis, the fifth corner on the Ravens roster, like one of the last guys on the Ravens roster, mm-hmm. meet this gorgeous Olympic gymnast from the UK who's a decade older than him? <laughs> Like how? How? It's like what? What was the cocktail party? Yeah, like, right. Like, like, what was the cocktail what's party? What's the? That, the yeah. I'm, I'm doing the houseway. Me houseway. Like I'm doing that whole. I'm like, how? so I'm like, I need to go find out. I need to know this. Right. Story. Like, yeah. I need to get over there. So I get over. I talk to him. I said, dude, I need to know this story. And he said, well, <laughs> uh, I followed her on Instagram because <laughs> seriously, she, she was an Instagram model, and <laughs> I shot my shot and. I told her I was coming to the UK to meet some I, – I had some friends. In the, he's like, I'm a big travel type, and I had some friends in the UK, and I just said, I'm going to shoot my shot and see what happens here. And so he hit her up on Instagram. Seriously. And she just took a chance and said, all right, I'll meet you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll – he said, I'm a professional football player. And she said, I'll meet you. And they fell in love, and they had this, you know, international – Long distance love affair. She was gonna move to the. the it's just this amazing. It's just this. That's what. Um, that's what. Yeah. That's what it was one of my story. favorite stories that I've ever told. Right. Like, and then she called me. Like I said, dude, I just feel like there's a part of the story that's missing, which is why did she say yes? Why did she yeah, agree? Like, well, yeah. like, if you're an Instagram model, how many of these do you get every day? Yeah. How many? Fa- how many? You right. know. How many sick fanboys that are correct that. Are may may be equally attractive, right? Or Why was Will Davis again not not particularly wealthy? Like you know, yeah. in context, like he's making you know six figures to play football. Sure, he's, but he's, he's yeah, he's one of the last guys on the roster. Why would that be the one? He's like with, yeah, within within the within the game, it's like he's a professional football player almost. Yeah, like, right. Or like from the correct. perspective, like, of I the think team, he's out of the NFL now. A year later, I think he's completely out of the NFL. Yeah, great guy, sure. a tremendous guy, absolutely. But I yeah. said, why? I'm fascinated by that. So. Yeah. I went back to him. I said, would you be willing to have her call me? Would that be okay? He said, absolutely. No problem. And then he ended up just saying, look, here's her number. You got to call her. I'm like, whatever. That's fine. I'll come make the international call. It's a great story, right? If I sure. got to you know, invoice the company over an international call, I'll do it. Sure. Um, so I call her. Our conversation is fascinating. It's just like – and she doesn't really have a great reason as to why this was the one. I liked him. He was she was like, like in, that, in that moment, she's like, you know what? I'll take a chance on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's let's just see. Like I found him attractive. He was very eloquent, you know what I mean? Like and he is a super smart guy. Um let me just see. That's it. why he was fifth on the depth. For- yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he spent too much time speaking and yeah. not enough time. No. Yeah. <laughs> um so she said, I, I all it was going to be was just one meeting. He was in the UK anyway, so like I'll meet with him. And it was just great. It was just this wonderful that's story. A cool, that's a cool story. And I was so happy with it. And I got such great feedback. 
And like the dude saw me and like I was working on another story like a week later and he like literally came up to me and ran and gave me a hug and was like so like emotional about the fact that I cared about their story, their story and yeah. telling their story and you know treating him like more than a fifth cornerback on the roster yeah because the story was interesting i didn't yeah. really care about the football aspect mm-hmm. I, I just think it's like how did these two people yeah like that's fascinating to me like, right? not necessarily not necessarily how did they meet because we meet people all the time he's like you but know how I, does I'm, this happen yeah it's like i i'm you know i'm a member he's like i'm a member of a club downtown where that some of the members of the club are some of the most prestigious people that have ever lived in the state of yeah Maryland. We're in we're in the same room relatively frequently. Doesn't mean that we're dating or that we're ending up no, getting right. yeah, married. Yeah, yeah. Or the guy's right. gonna end up being my father. And and I mean that that just doesn't happen. Like the 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 frequency of that happening is rare. It's how does super, that? It's just and and first of all, when you meet any couple, one of the first things you ever ask is how did you guys how, meet? How did you meet? Yeah. And typically, right? Like, it's oh, the internet. He's like, oh, he sent me an email on Instagram and then flew flew across the country. All right, I need to know more about that. Yeah, it's like I okay, need to wait, know more stop. about that, right? Keep talking. It's this you is, know that's so, the conversation that you have. If you if you were just if, again if you had met these people at your club, yeah, you would need to know more about this. Yeah, you would just be inclined to say, okay, let's talk more about that. Yeah. Um. And so that's where I'm at. That's what I want to know more about. So, um, recently, I noticed there's a Ravens player. His name's Tony Jefferson. He's a safety, and he's a very prolific tweeter. Mm. But in July every year, he turns his Twitter off. Okay, for the whole month. For the year. The rest of the year. Oh, like so th- this, the pa- this past July. But the last just... couple of Julys, okay. he just turned his Twitter off. He just, like, he sent out a tweet in July that said, This is going to be my last tweet for the season. I'll see you guys after the year. Right? And I said, Boy, that's interesting. A football player who's a regular, like, he's obsessed with Twitter. Yeah. But then says, During football season, I'm shutting it okay, down. Okay, so it's during the season. Okay. I'm shutting it down during the season. Why? Does it make a difference? Like, is he more focused? Is there an actual time, like, where he's like, dude, I I have 30 more minutes in my day every day because I don't tweet. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know about that. And, I think. Thir- and for a prolific tweet, someone that's prolific on Twitter, 30 minutes is very generous. Oh, sure. For yeah. him, the way that I've seen him tweet, right? Yeah. Like, It's like, what did I hear? I heard I heard a statistic, not not about Twitter, but about Instagram, that the, av- the average Instagram user... Okay. Visits Instagram thirty five times a day. Jesus Christ! And that's the average. That's the average across their ecosystem. My of, lord. So when 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 you say and for someone on Twitter for for people that I know of that are on Twitter that are the ones that are constantly tweeting throughout right. the day, thirty minutes is so, very generous. so. Is that thirty more minutes or whatever an hour? That hour you can whatever. Spend training is it training? Is, is that it sleeping? Is it right? Whatever, what yeah. is that? So I wanted to know about that. I said, I'm going to just go over there, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, hey, man, I know this is going to sound like a silly thing, but I want to talk to you about your Twitter and and what the reality of that is for somebody who plays football. Like, what's what's the difference? Why do you turn off your Twitter? Mm -hmm. And so I I think part of the problem is that football players are used to dumb s. From the media. They're just used to dumb questions. They're used to people that don't really know what they're talking mm-hmm. And I think they're inclined or very to... very generic questions. It's like, right. hey, he's like, you caught that interception. How did that make you feel? Right. Like, so I want to take you back. This is uh, Tony Jefferson who plays the Ravens. Okay. This is July 9th. Okay. Last day on Twitter for the year. Oh, no. Now, see that before that, he is a regular. There's there's 20 just on July 8th. Okay. Yeah, right? So, like, yeah. he is a regular 
But you get to July 9th, and you see two tweets. The first one says, last on Twitter for the year, oh no, and the second one is about the season. Locked in, Twitter fam, praying for a healthy season for everyone across the league. Let's compete. And then he shuts it down after that. Okay, and that, I see. That's July Now I want you to okay. see something. Here's a tweet three days ago that says, hi. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Here's what happened. I go over to him in the locker room the other day. I say, hey, Tony, I want to write a story about you. Can we chat for a second? He said, absolutely. I said, I noticed that back on July 9th, you turned your Twitter off. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I've been doing that the last couple of years. I'm like, can we talk about it? And we have this just not in earth shattering, sure, but interesting conversation about why he turns his Twitter off. And mm-hmm. part of it is he wants to block out negativity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not as much about time mm-hmm. as it is about like, I don't need the crap that I hear from fans. I don't need more of that. Sure. You know what I mean? Like if I what, what is it? What does it mean? Negativity? I've never I've never seen oh, any negativity. Yeah, on Twitter. are you kidding me? You There's know what no, I mean? Like, I've never about, heard. So it, I, I'll get I'll get to that in a second. So so it, that's interesting, right? Like it's sure. interesting, particularly because he's having kind of a tough year. Sure, he There's signed like a big an, he signed a big money contract in the off season. He hasn't lived up to that. So contract. so immediately immediately now right. he's a bomber. Now he's so a so it's like yeah. oh yeah, I could see where you wouldn't want that in your life. Sure. Where like it, Twitter is a place you probably get enough of that from the stands. You probably get sure. enough of that like when you're out in public sure you know like you don't need more of that i can see where turning off your twitter would be viable in doing that mm-hmm. but as we're having this conversation and it's prolonged for a few minutes some of the other guys in the locker room because i asked him i'm like do you turn off all social media he said no i, I still instagram and um I, I just referenced eric weddle a minute ago he's one of the other safeties he's sitting right there and, and eric and i know each other fairly well and eric's like yeah that's why this is dumb <laughs> he just turns off twitter like, he's still on other places. He's still on everywhere else. Right? Not like, Twitter, it's yeah. just Twitter. He should just go back on Twitter. And then one of the running backs, Danny Woodhead, is like, yeah, just get back on Twitter, man. Like, what are you doing? And so literally, he just takes out his phone in the middle of our conversation and sends out a tweet that says, hi. Hi. <laughs> in the middle of our conversation. Now, first of all, the negativity thing is so real because, like, I started going through some of the responses. And, like, the first one, you're doing good this year. And it's this meme. It's a sarcastic, it's a, it's, yeah, right? Yeah, a little like, sarcastic. Please play better. Like, <laughs> the first response is, we want, we are want, like, yeah, we want better. Right. Hell, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so, just, yeah, I get it. I get why it was that he was doing I that. I get it. Yeah. So, I'm having this moment where I'm like, well, that's kind of weird that he like did that because it's, I was talking about how he turns his Twitter off and then he just turned his Twitter back in on, the middle of you reporting. In the on middle it. of our conversation about this Twitter <laughs> thing. And I'm like, Whatever, it's one tweet, like no big deal. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I can still write the same story. Yeah. How about he's back? Yeah, and now how about now he's right back to being the same guy on Twitter? That's in that like from our conversation. Now he's just back to tweeting. He's completely abandoned everything he. And what's funny is like it. it, it, It's almost not because of your conversation. It's because of the crap that the guys were around him were giving him about it. Like it started. It wouldn't have happened had I not walked over there to talk about (laughs) it. So now I can't figure out if I'm because he's basically torpedoed my story, right? Like (laughs) he's completely. And I said that. Like, not knowing yet that I was mad about it. Like, when he sent out when he sent out the one tweet that said hi. Yeah, that's funny. I sure. said, like, well, that kind of wrecks my story, right? <laughs> and, like, everybody that's standing around, like him and all these other guys, and even me, we all start laughing afterwards, right? <laughs> but then, like, 20 minutes later, when I noticed that he sent out more Thir- tweets. 37 tweets. 37 I'm tweets like, and 45 minutes later. I'm like, yeah. no, it really does kind of wreck my story. <laughs> Like, I came out here to write about, I drove over here today, I took time out of my day to work on this one story, and now it's blown up in my face. Like, like, so, 
So I love the storytelling aspect of it, but sure. there's good and bad that comes with that because sometimes you think, like another one that happened recently, I a, a year ago when we found out the Ravens were going to play in London, I was talking to some guys that are on the team that already played in London before. I'm like, hey, can you tell me a little bit about you know what the tricks are of that trip and all this? Yeah. And by the way, as it turns out, there are a lot because the Ravens lost like 44 nothing <sighs> or 44 to seven that game in London. Um, but one of the guys I talked to was one of their receivers. His name is Mike Wallace. And Mike said, like, yeah, well, it's the worst because, like, I'm not really good with flying. Jet and, lag, whatever, yeah. But he, and I remembered him saying the line about flying. And I was like, boy, there's a there's a football player who's afraid of flying. Yeah. That's definitely a problem. It's like that, that's, gotta, a, that's a career problem. Yeah, you, you got to get over that. You do a lot of flying. You got to get over that. When you play football. Yeah. yeah. So I had stored it away and I was like, I'm going to come back to that. And so as I noticed that my story about Tony Jefferson might be falling apart. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, let me take a let me take a run at this one. Yeah. So I go over to Mike Wallace and I say, Hey man, you know, we talked last year about London and you had said that you were afraid of flying. And he was like, Oh, I didn't mean I was afraid of flying. I just don't like it. And I was like, Okay. Okay, well, wait a second. Like, t- you know, you just don't like it. And he's like, Well, you know, like I don't like waiting in line at security. I'm like, Oh, so you're a human being. <laughs> like, <laughs> so my story is Mike Wallace. Exactly like the rest of us. <laughs> so that story also I had two stories that both blew up in my face in the span of an hour that I spent in the Ravens locker room the other day that I both I thought they were both really good. Yeah. I'm like, oh I got the next couple of weeks. I didn't want to go back out this week's Thanksgiving week. I don't want to go back out there. Like I sure, go ahead I wanted yourself. to yeah. file one away for that I could write this week. And so here I am nothing. I'm just holding my <laughs> you know, you know what, because both of these stories completely blew up in my face. But that's the nature of storytelling. Like sometimes you sure. think you've got something and there's nothing there. Sometimes, sometimes it's nothing, sure. Right. And then there's sometimes that there's things that you think are gonna be really well received and people just don't don't care. care. Yeah. Right, like, and they I, don't care because the story's not not as interesting as it was to you. The story they don't care because it's just bad timing of the release. Right. By the time you finally got enough information right. to make the story viable, there's something else. They've yes, moved correct. on to the next, you know, massive offense correct. that you saw spewing across correct. Twitter. Exactly and then, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're super angry about kneeling or whatever, and so my story about. The the beloved backup quarterback who's the most popular guy in town is Who gives a damn. Correct. Yeah, exactly. I don't you couldn't yeah. pay me to read this. Totally story. true totally true story. Right. But nobody gives a Correct. nobody gives a damn. And that's the really frustrating part about storytelling, specifically in the limited resources that I have in order to be able to do it. Um my favorite sports writer, it's a little self serving because he's one of my closest friends, is a guy named Kevin Van Valkenberg who writes for ESPN. Okay. Um, v- Van Valkenburg. Van Valkenburg. Yes. That's the greatest name I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, Kevin Van Valkenburg. It's a it's a wonderfully Dutch name. Um, <laughs> Kevin is uh, a former Baltimore Sun writer, and he was a features writer in his later years, the Baltimore Sun. And he would tell these like he was able to get a Ravens cornerback to open up to him about being abused as a child. And, like, he could just absolutely you know, spin a yarn, man. Like, it was – he was wonderful. And we had a great we – were, we were good friends, and he would come on my show once a week. And we'd end up doing an hour together nice. just talking about various things. And he's just this fascinating dude. Um, some people don't like him because he, he, he can tell he leans a little left. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the sports world, there's that whole thing. Thing, right? sure. Um, but – but Kevin went to ESPN and was able to do on a far bigger scale stories. Okay. I want to tell stories. Great. So I want to write about Josh Norman, who's a cornerback for the Redskins. He's going to 
to like Paris for a month, and I think it'd be fascinating to follow him around in Paris. Mm-hmm. And ESPN said, "Okay, here you go. Here's your budget. Go, go. ahead, go crazy, right?" Like, um, I don't get that. Sure, <laughs> I don't get any budget for telling sure. stories. Unfortunately, sure. so my my ability to tell stories is limited to who can I get. When I go over to the Ravens locker room, who can I get on the phone after that? Mm-hmm. Like that's the limit that I have. It's like, it's like, how, it's like how much was parking at the stadium? Okay, here you go. There, there's right, your, there's your correct. Budget. That's like, exactly what my okay. budget is. Correct for telling stories. So and and like that's fine. I, I work for whoever. That's I have, okay. Yeah. I have a wonderful employer. I appreciate them employing me. Sure. Um, that's what they do. They're a a smaller budget uh, uh, sure. operation, and I get that. I, I I'm fully understanding of that. I would love to have the budget to be able to go not tell a, not stories. Not everybody, not everybody is Time Magazine, and that's okay. That's a fact. Like right. some, some people don't like Time Magazine Correct. because it's too much, too much editing. And it's why yeah. they want more opinions out of me, okay. right? Like they want me to have more opinions about things. But that goes back to the problem that I have about like not loving sports anymore. Sure, is that like I? It's hard for me to have an opinion about we should bench this guy because the truth is like I don't really care. I don't care. Sure, right. And I do my best to try to fake my way through opinions sometimes or to take something that like, eh, you know, I think I feel this way about this. And then I really feel this way about this. right? Like I do my best with some of those things. And there are some things – what I found, like I found an economy on dumb takes. Like when I hear the the fan base having an opinion about something and I'm like, I really disagree with that. That's what I can make an economy out of. That's when you can jump on. It's like I think you're an idiot. You know, like – but um, for the most part, I'm far more interested in storytelling, and I would love to have more of an opportunity to do wider storytelling. There is also the problem, like, it's no big deal that I went out there. Like, I can go to an editor and say, I drove out to Owings Mills last week. I had two stories that I thought were good. They both ended up being duds. No problem. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, sorry, I'm not going to have a story for you this week. Hopefully, I've got something better next sure. week. Sure. If they send you... <laughs> To Paris, <laughs> you you're you, at, you're you better at, have a story. Your ass better come right. back with a story. You can't yeah. come back and say the truth is, guys, it just wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. That's not an option. There, there was nothing. There was nothing going on with an NFL football player trolling trolling around Paris for right. a month. Nothing, right. Yeah. Nothing happened. You better come back. Bullshit. You better yeah, come back with a really good story. Yeah. And even the Tony Jefferson thing, I might end up writing like a silly thing about how he torpedoed my column. Yeah. It won't be very good. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not going to be like a feature story. But it'll, it'll be, be funny. But I it mean, might be something silly about yeah, that that I can yeah. write for them. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that. Maybe that's something. Just you know, like do like kind of a year year end. Yeah, um, right. Like, Let me tell you about this, my, my misses. This, this, yeah. like, this, these are all the stories that I worked on this year that were personally destroyed by the subject of the story. It's like, here sabotaged. we go. And yeah, then, right. yeah. Now, but that, that actually brings me back to something that I'd love for you to tell a little bit to the audience about. Because it sounds like very very much very much the point that we brought up before, which was, you know, your love is storytelling. Your vehicle is sports. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that have jobs that they might like, like the little thing that they do or a little part of the little thing that they do sort of within their job, whether it's a nine to five or if they have their own business or whatever. Like it, do- it doesn't matter, but like that the the current venue doesn't matter. It's more like they hate what they do. Yeah. Like they hate what they do. And they can't bring themselves to either 
it feels like you're talking directly to somebody right now, by the way. Like, yeah, it feels I, like Daryl's yeah. listening right now. Like, oh, my yeah. God, he knows me. Yeah, I just it, – it, 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 sounds, it sounds so much like – it sounds so much like so many people that I talk to, which is like – it's like I, you know, I love my family. I hate my job. Right. I love my like, right. and it's 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 funny that you that you it's. See, I, I'm in the same. It's ironic that you work in the world of sports because you you work in the escape that most of the, most of the people that I talk to have. Right. It's like they hate their. It's like they hate their job. God but forbid, they love getting God, together with their God, buddies and watching. God forbid football. they might hate their family, but at least for the love of God, at noon on Sunday, I can have my the only the twenty guys that I know is come around and watch football on the TV that I pay too much money for yep. and whatever. Correct. Because God damn it, it's the only thing that that's I their, have. That's their, that's their escape. It's the only escape. But it sounds like you, you're you able to find an escape within an industry or within, per se, a job that you really don't like that much in that that love is storytelling. For that, that took some time for you to figure that out. Yes. For people that are, for people that are out there that might not necessarily be a fan of what it is that they're doing or that they're searching for that thing, how do they find that thing that they're interested in? Like, how did you find out that storytelling was your thing? I, I think you just, you have to keep rolling dice, um, is one of the things that I think I found. I got into a rut. Um, I had a terrible employer. I mean, the radio station that I was at that ultimately went under, of course it went under. It was a horrible place. It. it was a soul-crushing. I liked a lot of the people there, and it was very comfortable. Okay. Um, you know, you got, you, problem, you're married. Problem number one, too comfortable. Right. You know, potentially like one, too comfortable. One, yeah. of the, one of the things that comes about once you get married is like, well – just get by. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, just get by on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I'm getting married. We're going to have a kid. Like, let's just get by. Let's not rock Cr- the boat. Crank down on the risk factors Correct. and whatever. Let's, yeah. ro- let's just do the things that that help us get along with each other on a day-to-day basis, that mm-hmm. cause less stress, that mm-hmm. allow for us to just be pleasant. Come home, have dinner. Everything's good. Sit yep. down, watch MasterChef Junior, right? Like. Yep. That's that's what you're going for. Yeah, it was like when when I'm single, living by myself in an apartment that costs seven hundred bucks a month. Like I can you you could write the article. The, you're you way more write, inclined. You could write the risque article Correct. that potentially could get you fired. Correct. You will but take way more risks more in that situation. Yeah. Once you decide you're gonna get married, once you decide, even when we first moved in together, you know, like even before we were engaged, mm-hmm. like once it's there's a little bit more going yeah. on. This is getting real. You, when, you yeah. just end up, and you do you get into a rut because again, it's about. Let's just get through day to day. How do I best set myself up so that she and I can go to the beach for a week this summer, right? Yep. How, I can, how can I get time off so that we can go do whatever we're going to do? Go, we went, uh, took a trip to Paris, you know what I mean? Like mm. these types of things. Yeah. Didn't follow a football player around. Sure. Did bump into Idris Elba while I was there randomly, which was amazing. Oh my God. I was, <laughs> I'm like, is this for real? Like that's Stringer Bell over there? Like, holy crap. Uh, now he's like people's sexiest man. I guess it's Blake Shelton. But like he's like one of the – it's crazy. That guy's become so famous. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know. I, rem- I remember him from The Wire. Right. Yeah. I mean like yeah. like he was yeah. just a guy that hung out in Baltimore. You yeah, know what I mean? So, like it was just so funny. Idris Elba, right? Like nobody knew how to pronounce his name. And I still don't really know if that's how you pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> but like I was in I was in Paris one day and um, – God, I got sidetracked. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Uh, Welcome I, to my world. Right? I'm walking around and I see this guy taking pictures with like – these girls i'm like i swear i recognize that guy but i was it, this was a day that like my wife and i had separated because she had something to do we were there for a wedding and she had like something to do related to the wedding like it was like a girl's tea or so something like that and so like this was the day that i went and visited jim morrison's grave because like i knew she was not going to give a flying f about that <laughs> like this was like my i don't i'm not really excited about being in paris like mm. i was 
I was snookered into the trip by a promise of going to Wimbledon. So that was great. We got to do that. That was amazing. We spent time in London, and London was incredible. That's fun. Um, sure. And the tennis is the one sport I actually care about. Like, I passionately care about tennis. Really? I love tennis. I'm very that, good. I'm a, I'm a good tennis player. Okay. I, I'm very interested in tennis. Other sports, not as much. Okay. It's um, good to know. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so this was my day that I was just going to see the things that I wanted to see in Paris, and we could go do all the touristy things other days. So I, I'm, I'm wandering around, and I, I see – this guy and I'm like, who is this guy? And I like keep going. I'm like, is that Stringer Bell? <laughs> and then the next part is like, why would anybody in Paris recognize Stringer Bell? Like, what that does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like why? Um, but it certainly was, and it was amazing. Like it was totally incredible. I couldn't think of what his name was, and so I was. And like and, I don't have internet on my phone in Paris because I'm using a burner phone. Burner phone, so there's right? nothing. Like, so yeah, that's and, they, and for for everybody that's listening, the the Stringer Bell character is 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 one of, is one of the drug dealer characters yes. from a TV series from HBO that was the most flattering series about our <laughs> about our hometown of Baltimore that you'll ever see in your life. It's called The Wire. It was one of the greatest TV series I've ever seen in my life. Go watch it. There's, anyway. By the way, there's this really uncomfortable thing when people t- when you tell somebody you're from Baltimore, they're it's like, like, oh, is, The Wire. Is Baltimore like The Wire? And you're like, no. no. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's, like, yeah it's, it's, like, it's like, no, Baltimore's not like The Wire. Yes, yeah, it is. More, um, way more than you want to admit. Like, yeah. way more. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to this uh, storytelling thing. So you take less chances when you're in those situations. Um, I getting fired again. It was everybody got fired. Was the best thing that could happen for me mm-hmm. because I was in a soulless situation. Sure, it was just get by mm-hmm. every day, keep the station afloat, have people listen. You know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. There was no joy. There was no. Yeah. Risk taking. There was no. It was just get through it. Sure. Go back, lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's all there was. He- textbook definition of soul crushing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting fired forced me to do different things. Forced you to innovate. Yeah. That was you know I, I told the story about play by play like that came along very quickly. Um, other opportunities that came after that. Hey, would you want to host some shows in D.C.? I don't really know anything about. The Redskins, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like, okay, I'll take a chance with a different audience and see how that goes. Um, it forced me to do some different things. And what I realized is that the more the more I was dipping my toe into the various waters, the more I was like, you know what? I, I could have been doing more. Like it was such a soul-crushing place that I was working at mm-hmm. that I wasn't trying and I wasn't taking chances that I could have taken. Like mm-hmm. I had enough freedom there. That I could have taken more chances. It's mm-hmm. just that I didn't want to because, to. again, it was just about the day to day. It was just about getting by. Sure. Now that I'm, I'm not beholden to anything. Mm-hmm. Let me take a chance on a couple of things. Let me try something that I wouldn't try otherwise. Let me do things that I want to do that are interesting to me, even if I couldn't get away with them on the radio because a broader audience might not find them yep. that interesting the broader audience wants you to talk about the quarterback of the football team every day and nothing else yeah you've got to talk about joe flacco the quarterback of the baltimore ravens every day every moment that you're on the radio and if you spend a couple of minutes talking about the fifth the, string corner yeah. or the yeah the fifth string corner or the fascinating story about the the the, the division three soccer program 
that has lost 50 straight games. You know what I mean? Like, if you take time to talk about something else, the broader audience is tuning you out. Because yeah. somewhere else is what I talked about, what I do as a talk show, there's 50 other options. Yeah. There's somebody else they can go to that's talking about Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco. That's talking about Joe Flacco. So yeah. they're going to go find that. Yeah. But now that I'm in, painted into this corner where I'm not beholden to anything, let me try it. Let me do things that I want to do, right? Yeah. Like... The Ravens right now, as we, you and I are talking, uh, they're four and five. They're not interesting. They're mm-hmm. just not an interesting, you know, like they, it was interesting when they were thinking about signing Colin Kaepernick before the season. Sure. That was interesting. That was interesting. Sure. It was interesting when their players. If nothing, that was interesting. Right. Yeah. It was interesting when their players were taking a knee in London, you know, during the National Anthem. That was interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever your opinion, that was interesting. Yeah. But from a game-to-game basis, there ain't that much interesting about the Ravens. <laughs> they're four and five. They're very mediocre. Yeah. You know, like they're the the definition textbook, textbook of mediocre, mediocre yeah. right? Like they're not so bad. They're captivating how bad they are. Yeah. They're not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just just blah. So in the past week, I think I did like four segments about the Ravens on my show. If I had done that on terrestrial radio, I would have had someone walk in and prepare to wring my neck. I don't have that in my life now. I choose what I think is interesting. Okay. I choose what I want to talk about, what I think is captivating. And you might not agree, but I'm going to roll the dice and see if it works. And I found joy in that because I dip my toe in different waters. Okay. I think that's translatable to what an average person does. Mm-hmm. I think there are things... Um, for some people, it might be podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this isn't my job. This isn't what I'm paid to do. Yeah. But I know things because of what I do that could be interesting in a broader perspective. Yeah. Let me see how I feel about this. I used to, you know, again, one of the things that I started doing after the radio station went under is, I, dude, I hate, like, I was so, I wanted to get out of talking about sports. I want to talk about other things. Yeah. Um, a magazine called 20-something magazine came along. Uh, I knew the editor of the magazine well. Uh, we had gone to high school together. He said, you know, I, I wanted the magazine to have an official podcast. Mm-hmm. I know you're not 20-something anymore, but sure. the idea was that it was for, like, you know, it, when we launched it, we were 20-somethings. You know what sure. I mean? Like, I think we're going to – it's like, would you um, would you be interested in in doing this podcast for the magazine with me? And it's going to be about culture. It's going to be about – you know, day-to-day life. It's going to be about things that, you know, millennials, pre-millennials, you know, that age, they deal with. Um, and I loved it. I loved doing it. Now, it wasn't a moneymaker. You know what I mean? Like, I sure. had to find things that made money. But I found great joy in doing – like, it's to this day my favorite show that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, because we had a great cast. Like, you know, it was three of us. Um, myself, uh, the editor's name's Dario, who's a – liberal leaning ex-marine okay which is a fascinating something of a rare bird correct yeah. like that's a fascinating world to begin with sure um and then uh a, a gentleman named uh, uh, ken who was a he's a, uh, a a late 40s uh former corrections officer um very very active in the black community um, an organizer type, you know, like the guy that in your neighborhood that also was everybody's barber on top of everything else. <laughs> like, awesome. like, like, you know, pr- fries everybody's turkeys for Thanksgiving. <laughs> like that guy. Yeah. Um, who's like, like, it was a fascinating cast of characters. Yeah. 
um, that I really enjoyed talking about topics. Sure. And getting various perspectives. Like now, so he's like, he was the, the most liberal leaning of all of us. Mm-hmm. And yet socially was brought up in a very religious background. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes you could tell he wasn't as comfortable with like gay rights as you would think for would somebody who was as far left. Far progressive. Sure. Right. Like you're like, it was a fascinating, yeah. you know, conversation. And I really love doing that show. But that was just from dipping my toe in and saying, all right, I'm going to give this a try. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a limit to that, obviously, because people have reality. You know, sure. they've got to answer the fact they have a wife or kids or, sure, yeah. you know, whatever they've got going on in their life. But I, I think the best thing that I can tell you is that for me, finding joy has been from doing different, getting out of my rut. Mm-hmm. Like my rut was every day, two to six, I'm on the air. I've got to do that. How do I best prepare for two to six? Then after two to six, I start thinking about two to six tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now let's try to think about other things in, right. that, in that in those off hours. Yeah. To, to my detriment, sometimes I forget to think about ten to noon. You know what I mean? Because I'm doing other things and I'm yeah. dipping my toe in other waters, and I'm like, oh crap, I got to do a show from ten to noon tomorrow. What I'm going to talk? What am I going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's allowed me to find joy in what I do because I think about other things. Hey, what's a story that I could tell this week? Um, you know, who, what would make, what would look good in a newspaper, you know, or a magazine that we put out once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think about things other than just preparing for a talk show every day. Okay. I think about, um, <clears throat> what am I broadcasting? I've got the, um, the Maryland state high school football championships are mm-hmm. one of the big ones on my docket right now. Like I start thinking about where are some stories within the high school football championships? Who's interesting? Like, mm-hmm. who, you know, is there... Is there a young man that whose story would be really fascinating that I could talk about not only on the broadcast, but maybe include as a story that I tell, you know, for a column or mm. for a feature, something along those lines? I I just think constantly finding new places to dip your toes. Mm. I know, Jason, because of your background and everything that you've done, you're a serial entrepreneur, right? Like, sure, yeah. You, you know what this is all about. And not all of them are going to work and not all of them are even going to be practical like, sure, you know, some yeah. of them you're gonna love like i, I can't love my favorite show that i've ever done was this 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 magazine show yeah but it just wasn't practical you know yeah. what i mean like trying to get three people together every week for for two hours it's tough when nobody's yeah. making any money doing it yeah. is it's tough nearly impossible sure um you know you can if you want to come to me you can come to me sure. but if you're not coming to me I, i'm just, probably out you yeah. know what i mean like that's just the reality of the situation sure that's that's brutal and that makes it very difficult but I like dipping my toe in that. It found an audience and sure. people really enjoyed it. And like people constantly ask, Hey, could you bring that back? Like, is that a possibility? And you know, I, I'd love to, but maybe, I don't know. We'll right. See. Yeah. yeah. Constantly trying different <clears throat> things, whatever that is. Um, best. I, I was a, um, <laughs> when I was a senior in high school, I, I was a telemarketer for a little while. Um, I don't even think telemarketing is really a thing anymore, right? Like, oh, it still is. Is it? Okay. But now, now they're calling – well, now they're – I was going to say now they're calling your cell phones. But now it's the automated right. systems that it's are not, calling it's your not cell phones. It's, like, it, it's like, hi, this is Julie, right. market coordinator from Google and Bing. Correct. And I have da, 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 Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So I was a telemarketer my senior year in high school. And it was it was the greatest job I ever had. It was a bunch of us that – Really? Were, yes. It was a bunch Not of what us. I'm used to hearing when people talk about that job. It's incredible. A mortgage company very close to our school, geographically. Sure. Um, there, the guy decided to launch a telemarketing arm of the mortgage company. Sure. He had come from somewhere else where he had been successful. And what he figured out was get a bunch of kids that are friends with each other. 
hire 15 of them, huh. put them in a room so they like being there. They can, they can chat with each other in between calls. They can have fun. And then give them incentives. Hey, if you guys get five applications tonight, after the fifth one, you can all leave and I'll take y'all out for, for wings. Like, give incentives. Um, as a unit, almost. As a unit, right, to work together. That's awesome. Okay. It was, and again, you want to be there. Nobody's calling out because your friends are there. Yeah, and you want wings. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then you want, and it's like little things. Like, hey, if you get an application, um, I'll either give you, uh, I'll either pay you $5 or I'll give you a scratch-off lottery ticket. <laughs> right? Like, there are all these incentives in this telemarketing thing so that made it great. You know what I mean? Like, it really made it a great experience. Like, a great experience that we all had. We loved this job. We loved it. That's it really was, well done, actually. It was yeah. brilliant. I yeah. mean, it was so... And it's cheap labor, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, sure. we'll all work for... And by the way, I think we were getting like ten bucks an hour, which at the time was unheard of. I was going to say that's, incre- for that's incredible for a high school senior, age, right? Age like, high school, yeah. And to sit in an, like other people are like having to you know clean up old folks' mess at the old folks' home yeah. that everybody at our high school worked at, right? Yeah. Like there are fifteen of us, and like it got competitive. Like if somebody left, there were people that were like like, like arm wrestling to try to get the spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, amazing job. But one of the things that we all started. Um, I wish I could remember the guy's name. He was really, really insightful. Um, one of the things he said was, if you have an opportunity to do something that extends your horizons or expands your horizons, mm-hmm. takes you out of your comfort zone, yeah. I'm happy to give you the night off to go do it. That's great. He said, yeah. I constantly want you to expand your horizons. I constantly want you to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. With his thought being that was going to benefit you the next time you're getting a hang up from somebody that, you know, like, maybe you could get a mortgage application out of, but they're not so sure they want to talk to somebody on the phone that having taken yourself out of your comfort zone otherwise Mm -hmm. benefits you taking yourself out of your comfort zone and trying to talk somebody into Into letting you, a stranger, have their social security number. You know what I mean? Like That was the idea of why he did this. I randomly, like, had a chance, a buddy of mine was in a Dave Matthews band cover band and there the singer got sick and he said, we need somebody to fill in for us tonight. Um, you know a lot of Dave Matthews band songs. I've heard you sing before. You're okay. Like, it's a money gig so we don't want to give it up. Would, would you come do it? And I was like, and so I presented it to this guy. He's like, yes, go, go do it. Go do it because you're going to be way out of your comfort zone. Like, That's this so is something funny. different. It's a great thing. Um, I randomly one of the other girls that worked there her mother was an art teacher at the local community college at essex community college Mm -hmm. and university of rossville boulevard yes yes (laughs) needed nude models (laughs) she knew that i was a big over-the-top type you know like i was the, the the big personality she said would you do it i said i i guess like (laughs) I guess I'll do it. Yeah. And so he said, yes, yes, that's take the night so, off. Go do that. That's so but funny. that that thought from him has stayed with me. Like every time you have an opportunity to expand your horizons, to, to take yourself out of your comfort zone. Do it. Do it. Um, because in, in the long run, it's going to serve you well, even if it's something you never do. Like I've never modeled nude for an art class again. Sure. You know, like, 
Now, the way they paid me, I definitely would have. I was like, I was like, I, I was, like I, I'd like to have. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, just, like yeah. once I got that check as a <laughs> as an eighteen year old, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I worked for like two hours and you pay me 150 bucks. Like, my God, if I can get, I would still do that today if it was an option. <laughs> um, but those opportunities that come along to take yourself out of your comfort zone. If the opportunity that presents itself is something that you say, oh, it's a little bit different, like it's not something that I'm used to. Um, I, I did not, you know, when, when the opportunity came along to broadcast hockey last year, I didn't even know hockey terminology. But the first thing I thought was, yes, go do it. Um, I didn't love it. It's not my favorite sport to call. I don't like it when I have to do hockey, but it it expanded my horizons. Sure. Um, you know, somebody asked me to do a, a I'm, you're going to broadcast a track meet. The Virginia High School Track Championships. I'm like, I, how do you even do that? It's like, hey, that guy looks like he's running pretty quick. He's, he's running uh, faster now. He's, <laughs> uh, another guy's running faster. He's like, oh, he's coming up on a turn. They're, yeah, they're mostly still running, Jim. They're mostly, that's mostly what they're doing. But I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll do it. I'll give it a shot, right? Like, why sure. not? Hey, Rita. That's my friend Rita who just uh, bumped in here. She's Hi, Rita. Rita. Hey, Rita. Rita's the best. Rita and I do a, a show together every afternoon. It's funny. Um, but um, so uh, yeah, it was it was just that's great. That's what it was is is try something different and and see what you can do. And that's the best advice I can say is that cool. opportunity comes along for you to expand your horizons and for you to take yourself out of your comfort zone. Take it, take it, because that's how you're going to find your new joy, and that's going to how you're going to find something that that's going to make you fall in love. And that's a very generic thing. And sometimes you have to go create it yourself because it's not going to be that somebody's going to call you and give you all those opportunities. But sure. do something outside of what you're comfortable with. Do something outside of that and and see if that might be where you find joy. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a solid place to wrap up. Um, one one quick question that I like to ask everybody that comes on the show, and, and it can be subject matter specific. It can be about your career. It could be about something completely off base. But the question that getting back to what small moves is in trying to figure out a way to make small incremental little changes that actually okay. end up having a significant impact over time um, or maybe not so much time. The question that I like to ask everybody is what purchase have you made in recent memory? And it doesn't necessarily have to be recent memory within just you know, re- remember it relatively clearly is kind of the point. Um, what purchase have you made in recent memory of a hundred dollars or less hmm. that's had the most dramatic impact on some area of your life? It could be, you know, the 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 all inclusive, all in one unit microphone that allows you to do your recordings on the fly and not necessarily have to have a lot of equipment. And God, that save you carrying fifteen pounds everywhere you go forever. Yeah, it could be the noisemaker that finally lets. You know the new kid pass out at night, right. so you can sleep for the first I get, time. I get an interesting one. It can be, it can be anything, and it's one that I said recent. I think it was three, four, four years ago, maybe at this point. Sure. Um, the single best thing that's ever come to the internet is Spotify. Okay, tell me more. And the happiest I've ever been about a purchase was when I became a Spotify member. Okay, which is what ten bucks a month. Ten, yeah. Um. Think about, and, and, and for a younger generation, they'll never understand this, but think about how much money, I, I don't know if you're into music. Like, I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm into music. I'm yeah. way into music. Yeah. 
And as a kid, every Tuesday, I was at Best Buy, I say as a kid, in college, yeah. buying two new records that came out. Um, 20 bucks here, 30 bucks here, right, 40 bucks. Yeah, right. So you're spending 50 bucks a week. You know, you're, you're dropping 50 bucks a week on music. Then think about how much you illegally downloaded on <laughs> on whatever, Napster, Napster and Kazam, yep. BearShare. Yeah. I don't even remember all that. LimeWire. LimeWire. I, I was a LimeWire boy. You know, yep. uh, think about all of that. Yep. Right? Uh, when Spotify came around and now legally. Yeah. <laughs> you could have access to basically Every, all of the music that exists in the world for ten dollars a month. For ten dollars a month, <laughs> it is. It's incredible. From a mental health, I know this sounds silly, but from a mental health perspective, <laughs> there is nothing that helps me more when I am struggling, mm-hmm. when I am the right just music. not feeling it that day, when I am. I got to inspire myself to run over and go to the gym. I've been dragging. Dude, the gym in the winter is the worst, right? Like the thought of having to go and change and put on shorts and then like yeah. it's just – like dress up in four layers to get to the gym to undress from four it's, layers. It's and such a production, just, right? Yeah. Like in the summer, going to the gym is not – you can – going to the gym isn't hard, right? Sure. Like in the winter, you got to talk yourself into going to the gym, right? Sure. Um, but everything from a mental health perspective, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, has completely changed in my life because of the existence of Spotify. That's so funny. Because in every circumstance that I'm in, whenever I go through a, oh, today sucks. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really tough day. I don't know what you're talking about. That, um, never, that never happens. Yeah, right? Yeah. I turn to, but you know what? I can access literally anything, and it's not taking up any space on my computer. Yeah. I don't have to store. And that was the thing, too. Because, like, I, I mean, I had, I remember, I had... Almost a hundred gigabytes worth of downloaded. I had a hundred sixty iPod Classic. A hundred sixty iPod Classic <laughs> that I carried around with me all the time, and it was full, Jason. It yep. was full. Yep. I would have to decide when I had a new album that I bought, like, yep. what could I get rid of that I never listened to on yep. my hundred sixty gig iPod? Yeah, I mean, or was it, it time to carry two hundred sixty gig and, iPod and Classics? In my, in, my ca- in my case, like, I had so much downloaded music that I had to spend. At the time, like when you've got a hundred gigabytes in 1999, 2000, yeah. 2002, yeah. like it, oh, co- it kills you. It cost me a thousand dollars to buy a hard drive right. big enough to store right. that. Much oh, music. I had multiple external yeah. hard drives. You yeah, know what I mean, like, like it took it, was like it took you seven years of Spotify membership to pay for the hard drive to store just the stuff Correct. that I had. Yeah. So no, I get it. So sure. Spotify membership and unlimited data. Got it. On your phone. Or the two. It's the combination. <laughs> sure. You gotta because have the you got to have the unlimited data in order to really be able to use the use Spotify it. the yep. way that you want to so that you can take it with you wherever you go. Sure. So Spotify membership, unlimited data on your phone. I don't know how there's a human being that exists that doesn't have those two things. Now, if you're not a music person but you're really into like – pay for a membership for a podcast. If you really love – if there's a show that you just that just makes you laugh, mm-hmm. pay for that because yeah. for mental health reasons, it is, it is worth – the money that you're spending so true on that you know whatever it is if you're just really into like netflix i feel a little bit different i don't know how you don't have netflix because like that's where the the tv exists now sure but it's a little bit different because you can't take that with you wherever you are sure you know what i mean like yeah you can if you're sitting at your desk maybe you could poke at it but like you're gonna yeah like music or if you're watching netflix while you're driving you have bigger problems right but you can have your you can absolutely have your spotify running in your car yep 
and listen to like if that day I'm just really feeling like I need to listen to some Alabama Shakes today. I need <laughs> to hear the the Gary Clark Jr. record. Like yeah. I need that. And the J. Roddy Walsh in the business. It was like damn. It was like damn it. I it was like I want to jam out to the Harlem Shake right now. It's just you that, can. It's right there. It's right you there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's right there. Very true. So for mental health reasons, the best the best thing that I've spent money on in the last few years is Spotify membership. And I know there's still some awkwardness about how much artists are getting artists out are of getting that. Sure. And so I would encourage you, if you like an artist, please also buy other things. Buy their stuff. Buy, spend, go go to their shows, buy tickets. Sure. Like when Jay Roddy Walston came to Baltimore, buy I bought ticket. tickets to the show. Yeah. Um, when Sturgill Simpson came to Merriweather, I bought tickets to the Sturgill Simpson show. Mm-hmm. Like if you're into an artist, also support them in other buy ways. Buy their stuff, yeah. Yeah, buy t-shirts, buy whatever you can, buy merch. Um, but the notion of being able to have music at your hand at all time and then combine that with unlimited data. So there's no, yeah. I just can't think of a better way mental for mental health reasons. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that you could spend your money. And again, if it's not music, if it's, you know, something it's else, something else. Yeah. From the audio platform, yeah. I would encourage you to do that. Cool. Um, Glenn, if the audience wants to hear more about you or find, find you in the worlds of social or. Press box or whatever it is. Yeah. Where, where tell the audience where they can find you more. Uh, GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, my show is live ten to noon. It's also archived every day. Um, but and that's I, Glenn with two N's, Clark with no E. No E. Yeah, correct. Okay, so GlennClarkRadio.com. Glenn and then at GlennClarkRadio on Twitter. Um, okay. My I'm on Facebook, but you know uh, Facebook I feel like is more of a personal. It should be a more you know like, sure. Um, and then you know, I, Pressbox is my company. I really encourage you to go to pressboxonline.com. We've got a lot of great content there. If you go, there's a columnist tab. You can click on that and scroll down to my name, and you can see some of my past work um, okay. that way. But that would be that's that's the company that pays me the most. That's <laughs> that's the largest chunk of what I do for a living. Got so. It. Um, and then you never know when you tune in for a game, you might just hear my voice. All right, doing well, it that way. Like, or, or on the you know, hot hot, ch- hot chat shows on ESPN. Yeah, right. Like the, the highlight reel yeah. on ESPN. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, you're like, is that is that you? Like, I get that from people all the time. Cool, Glenn. Thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Yep. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. I really enjoyed this chat with Glenn. I hope you guys did, too. Glenn is really a funny dude. I really had a great time chatting with him. Really quick before you go, remember, you can catch up with Glenn at his website, glennclarkradio.com glennclarkradio.com also before you go if you wouldn't mind popping onto itunes and leaving me an honest review of the show and a rating of the show itunes relies on those results to help new listeners find the show so that would be a big help for me and also if you wouldn't mind following me on twitter you can find me at jason hertzberger thanks again for listening to this episode of the small moves podcast and i will talk to you next time around you got this